Our lesson today is from John chapter 18. So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of the man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. The word of our Lord. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our ears, that we might hear a word for us today anew, and so that we too might then live out that which we believe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror because I get better looking each day. To know me is to love me. I must be one heck of a man. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble, but I'm doing the best that I can. Everybody now, here we go. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Good key. I can't wait to look in the mirror because I get better looking each day. To know me is to love me. I must be one heck of a man. Good, inclusive. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble, but I'm... Yeah, that was really terrible. Give yourselves a round of applause. That was just awesome. 
there's some sermon ideas that probably should just go into the garbage. This may be one of them. Uh, I don't know if Peter actually ever sang that song, but I could sort of envision Peter actually singing that song. And certainly after today and this encounter with Jesus at Jesus' trials, certainly Peter realizes what it is to be humble. The thing about Peter is, Peter is either all in or all out. He's never sort of lukewarm. He's either everything or nothing. And if we say anything about Peter, you probably know this, Joanna told you this already, Peter is Jesus' best friend. Or maybe to put it in a different way, Jesus is Peter's best friend. Peter has been with Jesus from the very beginning. From the moment Jesus starts his ministry, Peter is there. And Peter becomes really one of Jesus' most important disciples. He goes everywhere with Jesus. Multiple times during the story, he publicly declares that he will go anywhere with Jesus. He'll do anything for and with Jesus. He gets to go up on the mountain with Jesus when he has his most important little conference with all of the people of old. And when he gets up there, he tells Jesus, we should just stay here forever because I love you so much and we should just hang up on the mountain. And then when they come down, of course, Peter once again declares, Jesus, I'll go wherever you go, do whatever you do. When Jesus goes to wash Peter's feet, he doesn't just want his feet washed, he wants everything washed, his whole hands, his body, everything. He wants a whole bath. And then finally, when they come to take Jesus away, And at the beginning of this story, they're not just taking Jesus away with a couple of Roman guards and a few people with handcuffs. It's an entire battalion of army people that show up of Roman soldiers, something like 400 or 500 people to arrest one guy. And as Peter is standing there with Jesus, (laughs) he pulls out his fishing knife and cuts off somebody's ear, ready to go, I'll be with you to the end, like a pirate. Jesus says, of course, none of this. But something happens to Peter between that scene and this one. And I don't know what actually is going through Peter's head. I've had the chance to play Peter in passion narratives like 10 or 15 times. And every time I play Peter, if you have to embody a character, you think about what it is that's going on with them and you experience it in a whole different way when you have to become that character. And every time I've done it, I've wondered a little differently about what happened to Peter. Certainly the way we've portrayed this is that Peter gets afraid, which makes perfect sense. If they could suddenly just arrest Jesus with such little fanfare, certainly Peter must realize they could do the same very thing to him. So it's no doubt that it's legitimate that Peter could actually just plain be afraid. They just took my best friend What will stop them from taking me? But I've often wondered, maybe a little more compassionately to Peter, is he angry? I mean, this isn't exactly what he signed up for. He did sign up for Jesus to take over and reign as the Messiah. Is he angry that for all the acts of power that Jesus has portrayed throughout their time together, why in this last instant doesn't he do it one more time? Is he angry at Jesus? Maybe he's ashamed at Jesus. That after all this public ministry, finally Jesus just gives up. Is it possible that Jesus is, or Peter is ashamed of Jesus? Is he disappointed? This isn't what we thought was going to happen. Or is he confused? Every time I interact with Peter and think about playing him, I wonder what tone of voice Peter uses 
when he is in that interrogation and in that trial scene where Jesus stands so in control of the middle and Peter is on the outside answering no, what tone of voice does Peter use when he answers these questions? You are not one of them, someone declares. Is he defiant? I am not. Or, when they ask, certainly you must be a disciple of his. You are a Galilean. You look just like him. Is he afraid? I am not. And when they ask him the last time, aren't you a friend of Jesus? I swear I saw you follow him in here. Is he just plain disappointed? I am not. Whatever the tone, Peter's answer is strangely both true and a lie. It's strangely both a denial and a confession. When Peter answers, I am not, on the surface, it is a lie and a denial on the surface. He has, in fact, we all know, everyone knows, been following Jesus since the very beginning. He's pledged his allegiance to Jesus more than once. He wants to have a full share with him, not just my feet, but my whole body I want to be baptized into this thing that you're doing. On the surface, Peter's answer is a flat-out lie. He has, in fact, been a disciple, a student, a follower of Jesus, but apparently a poor one who fails this final exam. Yet ironically and interestingly, Peter's answer is also 100% true. If the words I am ring any bells to you, it's because that's what God declares God's name to be when he interacts with Moses in the Old Testament. When Moses goes up the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, he asks God, what's your name? Who should I tell you is sending me down with these commandments? And God says, tell them I am has sent you. It's God's mysterious name for God's self. I am. And in Peter's denial, his lie speaks the truth. I am not. It's true. Peter is not God. Peter is not in control. Peter is not the light of the world. In fact, Peter acts in the exact opposite way of God. He lies, he runs, he hides. Is he afraid? Is he disappointed? Is he angry? It doesn't matter. He is not God. Peter's denial is a confession, and it's true. And I wonder if his denial and confession might actually be our best confession. It's possible, in fact, that Peter's denial of Jesus is actually one of our most helpful confessions. I am not God. I am not the truth. I am not the Savior of the world. I am not the owner of the truth. I am not able often to see clearly. I am not perfect. I am not able to know everything. I'm not in complete control. I'm not even always truthful, not even to myself. I'm not able to escape my own limited, narrow point of view. I'm not able to see or save myself. And I'm not always able to even see or hear the truth, even when it's told flat out, right to my face. Jesus, however, in the Gospel of John, declares himself to be I am over and over. I am the bread of life. 
I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way and the truth and life itself. In a world where we too often live as our own imperfect pundits, declaring our own truth as ultimate reality, Peter reminds us that we are not. We are not the way, nor are we the truth. In a world where too often we're deaf to anything but the wisdom of our own echo chambers, instead being isolated islands of impeachable perspectives, we often reach out and slap the face of those who oppose us. Peter's denial and confession reminds us that humility is actually the truth for all humanity, us and even those whom we oppose. It will be Jesus alone who will unlock the gate of our own hangry, angry hearts to reveal that love must in fact die to oneself in order to reveal the light of God's promise for all people, even those who have dared slapped each other on the face. It's only when we have not returned fire that we will find ourselves walking in the path of Jesus' life, teaching, and being his disciple. Peter will see Jesus again. And in Peter's denial, anger, confusion, selfishness, imperfection, whatever, Jesus will still look at him and love him. Oh Lord, it's so true, I'm not perfect. But you love me anyway. You can't wait to see me each morning to hear what I'll do and I'll say. Oh Lord, teach me to be humble, to listen to all that you say. Help me to be Christ-like to others. With kindness, compassion, I pray. To know you is to love you. I'll practice this every day. To fear, love, and trust you forever in all that I do and I say. Amen.